I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Popshow podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Ah, uh, okay, help me, let's workshop a joke. This is a redux episode, meaning it's it's we're redoing We've done it. And it's a but it's from a different angle. And so it's it's uh we've gone back in time. Uh, the power of love. The <laughs> the power we're going back to the, there's gotta be like a line of dialogue that that wait, Richard, we already did this franchise Back to the Future. And then you say, that's right, AJ, but we're back. We're back from the future that's to do heavy. Back to the Future again. Great, Scott. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Welcome along, everyone, to Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cole Popshire podcast, uh, where usually we watch a different film franchise every fortnight. I'm AJ, and that's Richard. But this fortnight, we are doing our annual redux. We revisit a franchise from fortnight's past mm-hmm. um and this is the earliest we've ever gone back mm. this is the this, this is, is the, the 1885 of it yeah yeah totally uh because this this fortnight uh you guys voted or our patrons voted on the back to the future trilogy when did we do back to the future back to the future was what our like fifth or sixth episode of the show i've got the planning document mm. open uh here actually tell me uh so our first franchises were lethal weapon ace ventura shanghai known shanghai Nights, ghostbusters mm-hmm. the mummy universal evil dead spongebob back to the future so it was our eighth franchise so and it also wasn't our earliest because we reduxed the, the mummy, mummy. Yeah. <laughs> never mind never mind uh, yeah I so guess, like, we it's it, it's more special though yeah, than yeah we're doing we like this one more but the it's a lot easier to do than the mummy as well <laughs> but we and then immediately after back to the future we did spider-man as well which was our first redux so Mm. and then a few weeks after that was uh freddy vs jason which we've also reduxed anyway they i wasn't thinking very fourth dimensionally yeah yeah yeah. i got a real problem with that the also the funny the funny sort of like thing that we've done uh with this with the (laughs) The funny thing thing we've done (laughs) the funny thing like the reason to redux is that in 2016, in September 2016, when we covered this franchise, we split it into three episodes because we were like, this episode is too long. It was about an hour and a half record and uh, mm. Rowan guest starred on it. And so we have, we're redoing it to do it as one episode without Rowan as God intended. <laughs> and also, we, we've say this every Redux, but this is not, I haven't re-listened to the old episode. It's not a sequel to the episode. It's no. a remake of the episode. 
it is it is taking the place of the yeah. the old episode. So please, um, don't get all like they're repeating what about that. You, yeah. you you said that already because this franchise obviously uh, meant a lot to us then, and it still means a lot to us now. Oh, look at us! We're so original. Back to the Future means a lot to me. Oh my god! Mm. Um, so you know, similar things shall be said. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Back to the Future, the Back, back to, the to, back to the Future trilogy. Back to Back to the Future. Uh, and that conversation will be in our future. So that's the Back to the Back to the Future future. Wow. I don't know if that one worked. I'm trying there, to. Be, you could do a podcast where you watch, <laughs> all you do is watch Back to the Future twice in a row. Mm. And it's called Back mm. to Back to the Future. Back to Back to the Future. That's good. It's good, Richard. So, um... I this is one of these franchises that uh when you're trying to like make your name and we're seven years later we're still trying to make our name as a podcast. <laughs> it's like, you know, there are probably hundreds of podcasts covering the Back to the Future series mm. out there. Uh and so I wanted to try and refocus the usual cop popturian conversation here to be not so much like um, so when Marty first arrives at the mall, it's got a sign that says Twin Pines Mall, but then after he goes back in time, blah, 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 yeah, th- this is the, the thing about like, there's so many, like what you're describing is like a great little Easter egg, but it's one that everyone knows. But the other thing, and I hope this isn't where you were leading, but the mm. Back to the Future is like the favorite film of pedants. That people love to point out, like, actually, you know, the the, the grandfather mm. paradox states, or like, um, mm. you know, Marty, and or like these fan theories are like, well, Back Marty. to the Future has has a Back to the Future has a real dark twist because Doc makes them stand in front of it. He was willing to mm. kill himself, and it's like mm. all these things. People love to look into like all these little things. Oh, you know, the fact that the 1885 ancestors are played by the same people means the whole family is incestuous it's like no, mm. these are fun little visual connectivity mm, things mm. yes yeah so um i think so it's so the series <laughs> directed by robert zemeckis uh produced by steven spielberg starring written michael j gale. fox and written by bob gale starring michael j fox and written and and christopher lloyd uh, as Marty McFly and Doc Brown came out in 1985. Then the sequel, uh, the sequels were filmed back to back, I believe, and nine and came out back in to 19. Back to the Future. Back to the Back to the Future came out, and uh, that's probably what they said on set 35 years ago when they mm. made that. Um, so yeah, the the second two were made back to back, and they came out in 1989 and 90. Right? Uh, they're like six months apart. Oh yeah, I remember here. I like that. how like uh, in. Uh, unconfident you said that when that is I, I the easiest thing to, to verify. It is. It is 1989. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. November and May, so yeah, just, just over six months apart. Don't like that. I think in, in, if I were alive at the time, I would have been like, oh, I could have used a little more time to sit on the second one. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so they follow the adventures of uh, 17-year-old Marty McFly as he goes back to the future and nearly fucks his mum um, and there's there's actually quite a lot of similarities between this and our previous franchise uh, The Karate Kid mm. that we did last fortnight in that uh, the one that just sprang to mind main character tries to fuck his mum 
<laughs> the one that just sprang to mind then is that if you watch the trilogy in one go, it's like a non-stop. Like for Marty, it doesn't stop; it keeps going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and that was sort of the case for um, uh, Mr. Miyagi and what's his name, <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Larusso. Which you so you were so proud of yourself last week that you remembered that name. Couldn't give a shit about it now. <laughs> um, I mean, both both quintessential eighties franchises, both about the friendship about from between a teenager and an older man. Um, but God, God damn, do I care more about Back to the Future than I do about any 80s movie and i don't know why i don't i like whenever i watch an 80s movie now even if it's one i've seen if it's one i haven't seen Mm. whatever i always feel there is a bit of like a disconnect even if i like the film it's like the this was made for people i wasn't born so why do i care why would i care (laughs) no like i don't know like there's a very like the 80s is a very specific sense yeah only 80s like 80s movies only 80s kids get it truly, mm. I, I believe. But that doesn't seem to to apply to Back to the Future. I think Back to the Future might be, like, the only 80s movie I would genuinely say is, like, what one of my favorite movies. Well, yeah. I think maybe could it potentially, like, I, the, the idea of, like, a family movie has changed a lot. Like, mm-hmm. that th- this is a film for the whole family, it has some, especially you and your mum. Watch it with you and <laughs> yeah, your mum. Yeah. It has a very like has you know some more sort of adult themes, but now a family movie just means a kids movie. This is like a full mm. four quadrant movie in terms mm. of who it appeals to, and I think mm. a lot of the eighty a lot of other eighties movies have much more specific demographics than Back to the Future. So I think that mm. that's uh not you know not a super specific feeling that you're. That, that you're stating it's like the the, mm. the actual appeal of the movie it's not it's an external thing uh, as much as as an yeah. internal thing but also richard maybe it's because my parents didn't show me the karate kid yeah, when i was seven years old also true mm. so what is the first film back to the future 1985 about came out in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, what do you think it has on Ron Tomatoes? Directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, 94. It has a 94 audience score. Hmm. Looking at it right now. Can you see it in the reflection of my blue light glasses? <laughs> uh, uh, 97% oh, yeah. it has on Rotto Tomotos. Uh, yeah, this is what the critical consensus say. I never have Run Tomatoes open. I just copy the scores and now I have it open. <laughs> Inventive, funny, and breathlessly constructed. Back to the Future is a rousing time travel adventure with an unforgettable spirit. Richard, tell us what is Back to the Future about. I hate when we have to say what a movie everyone has seen is about. It feels like the most like trimmable part of the edit. Mm. Well, please don't. Okay, well, tell me. Make it interesting. Uh, well. <laughs> Do it in an improvised haiku form. Marty McFly. Uh, this is going to take too long. Do a limerick. <laughs> there, once there once was, was a, a guy man named, named Marty. Marty whose time travel was pretty smarty. <laughs> His friend was pretty smarty. He made a time machine and his... Oh no, I, I, I'm not a big limerick guy. Anyway, the, so Marty McFly is your typical teenager, and he has a friend, Doc Brown, much older gentleman. 
Doc Brown builds a time machine out of a DMC DeLorean and Mm. Marty inadvertently, accidentally ends up using this time machine to go back to the past, despite the film's title, and uh, meets up with Doc Brown's 1955 counterpart and uh, has to help him he has to get his help to repair the time machine to go back to the future. Meanwhile, Marty also inadvertently stopped his parents from meeting because we're told their story of how they met at the start and Marty stops that from happening. So then while he spends a week in 1955 waiting for the time machine to be repaired or waiting for a lightning bolt to power the time machine, he also has to play matchmaker and get his parents back or get them to meet and fall in love so that he can be born in several Mm. years time and Mm. yeah the film ends with him succeeding in his mission uh all the uh, there's also a bad guy named biff Biff. there you go who's who's Uh, uh, like his dad's boss in the present day and his high school bully in 1955 it gets this is a series that gets weird when you start thinking about a lot of the like how how relationships developed in the um Mm. In the the parts of the timeline we don't see, uh, so oh, yeah. what? So how your mom for me? <laughs> yeah. Um. What? Um. What do you think of Back to the Future? Oh, big question. Uh, I, I'll start with my history of Back to the Future. So I, okay. when I was a little boy, I must have been about eight or nine, I think, and it was on TV one night, and sat down to watch it, and just like instantly fell in love like the first film that i like truly truly was like enamored with and not like in a there's like a kid's way that's like oh mom mom let's put on a toy story again because it's like it's bright colors and and you love the music and and shit like that Mm -hmm. it's like back to the future was like holy shit my mind's eye has been opened in terms of what a film can be and what a film can achieve and Mm. my parents were always like Oh, you know, we we always knew once you got to a certain age, we had to show you Back to the Future because we knew you were going to love it. And I, and the, for weeks afterwards, being like, Mom, can, Dad, can we get out the second... Finding out there was a second one and being like, we need to get it out from the video store. And we didn't for so long. And I remember... The, and this is, this is so strange. I'd like... But they... Back to the Future played on TV on like a Friday night. And then two months later, they played Back to the Future 3 on a Friday night. And they they just didn't play 2 in the middle of that. And I remember being like, you know, so in love with this film. We hadn't got the second one out. So I I had no idea what happened. And this was before before the days of the internet, really. And and so the third one was on one night. And my parents were like, no, you got to watch the second one first. And then I was like, I'm sure I'll pick it up. The third film opens with the ending of the first film. He goes, yes, we Doc Brown's still in 1955. He's celebrating I Sent Marty Back to the Future. And then Marty comes running back into frame. And, oh. and he's like, I just, I just sent you back to the future. And he's like, well, I'm back. I'm back from the future. And then Doc faints, cut to title. That is... That that was the most mind blowing piece of pop culture I've ever experienced. Watching it like right. that, <laughs> like yeah, right. Having no idea what happens in the second one, and then holy shit, he's back! What the fuck has happened? 
<laughs> in two that, that leads to this. And it's like, like I, I've, I don't think I've ever had such a mind-blowing twist <laughs> happen to me mm. in all of mm. my years of consuming pop culture since then. And so did you stop watching and then re- then watch two or did you watch three before two? Uh, no, no, I, I was like, I, I can't watch this after that. Like my, I think my parents right. might've been like, you, you know, you're, you're so don't, don't watch this one. And then we got out two and three soon after that. Mm. But um, yeah, so, so I did, I watched one, two and then three, but I saw this little tease of three <laughs> first. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's my experience with the first one. It's like one of the only films I've owned on VHS, DVD and Blu-ray. Um, sure, yeah. And I think I might. Yeah, it's just it's I I I would consider this the film that got me into film, really. Mm. Mm. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, pretty similar. Uh, not not right. Like, well, we both have a very specific experience we associate with uh, part three. Um, <laughs> but no, I like again, pretty similar. I think I just saw the first one on TV. I remember the house I was in. Um, I remember where we were living. Um, Might have and, been the same screening, to be honest. Yeah, that's probably true. I remember just feeling so, like I don't. I wouldn't have articulated this at the time, but looking back, it's like I wanted to be Marty McFly. Like I wanted to I grow wanted to up be and become inside him. <laughs> I, you know, and and like like I don't. I I just I remember looking at my mum. This is gonna sound dodgy. I remember looking at my mum when it becomes clear that Marty's mum has a crush on him, and looking at at my parents, not just my mum, but at both my parents for like clarification. Like, is this? where the story is going and because you know we take it for granted now but it's a pretty fucked up thing to put in a a, a family movie mm. you know like it's a pretty uncomfortable truth that no one really like takes the time in the film to like psychoanalyze like, yeah you know um and but like that just adds this like spiciness to the movie yeah. i think that 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 really helps it um I don't remember when exactly we got the second one, but we definitely rented it. Um, and it was like, holy shit. Like, I remember this is vast, it's quickly becoming not a movie by movie discussion and more of a, mm. an overall. But um, I remember, like, uh, uh, at the end when he's uh, climbing on the rafters above the previous version of him from the first movie mm. playing Johnny Be Good, I remember thinking, like, could you would you be able to see this if you rewatched the first mm. one and you looked at the rafters like um and then we we got out back to the future 3 richard uh when on one fateful day um i was on the trampoline right i might have told this i had to have told the story on the original episode so i thought you were going to say it was 911 no well maybe it could have been <laughs> uh, it would have been 2001 <laughs> like it would have been um and my brother would always get on top of our garden shed from the trampoline mm-hmm. he's a couple of years older than me and i would always be like oh help me get up and he'd be like no you gotta learn how to do it and i tried to like climb up by jumping on the trampoline and like grabbing onto the ledge <laughs> uh, but i fell and the bottom it's of an aj story for the bottom of, well, maybe this is why. <laughs> the bottom of the garden shed where it meets the grass, like, sort of, like, cr- folds upwards so that there's a metal rim that's facing upwards right. at the bottom. And I sliced half my big toe off. <laughs> wow. I, like, as in, like... like Are the, you missing the, part of your big toe now? No, no, like, the the pad of my toe. So right. not not my not from the knuckle, but, oh, like, right, the, right. The, the... The underside the, of it. The, 
the underside of it, sliced it off. And I remember just being so, you know, just crying so much. I think my parents had to very, <laughs> very gently get like the, um, the bathroom scissors and like chop off the loose bit of like flesh that was still there. And I had to like walk around, like holding my toe above ground for the next couple of weeks. But that night, Dad got out back to the future three because everyone felt sorry for me. So <laughs> in a lot of pain. Uh, but but yeah, that's So I mean that's if it wasn't my... for that, you might have never watched it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um so I guess like I wanted to talk about uh you know, we we're talking a lot about um the uh our, our experiences here and, and I think what's what makes this different from other reduxes that we've done. Mm. I think anyway, is that this one um, is more significant in my life because like you, I have watched these films. I've done like full sit throughs of the whole trilogy oh, yeah. in one day, multiple times. Like I, I also think I pro- probably owned it on all the, all the platforms. I remember getting a box set when I was a teenager and just watching it uh, in my room. Um, and then um uh, yeah, then we watched it for the podcast in 2016. I remember um, I got the uh, 35th anniversary Blu-ray for it, which mm. came with the animated series, which I made a video on and we made a podcast mm. on a number of years ago. Um, and so, like, truly a fan. I've got a model DeLorean. All these are Christmas presents, basically. Yeah. Um, and But I have not re-watched the trilogy since we watched it for film mm. franchise Fortnite's last have you i've rewatched the first one and I, it was i think it was in 2019 where i did my year of watching a movie every day and right, it was like right. one of those days where it's like oh, i don't really feel like you're watching anything i can just have on back to the future and mm. it won't mm. affect me because it's like yeah yeah it's and, already in my but DNA. the reason i didn't haven't rewatched it since is that I feel like I kind of have got undergone quite a tr- like like I I feel very different about the movie. Well, not very. Well, you're, you're, you're a lot less eatable these days. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> no, I guess like I I. What am I trying to say? This is bad podcasting. Well, I, I like I I because I, 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 I sort of know even though you haven't really articulated it what you because I I'm the same that I like I haven't had a big desire to rewatch these or anything mm. but i i think my uh pop culture consuming habits have changed a lot and and partially because of covid that mm. re-watching a comfort movie isn't something i do much no anymore. neither not not at all mm. i don't i don't remember the last time i re- actually <laughs> Two, three days ago i i've chucked on hercules because i was high and bored but i didn't watch it all nice. um but I I remember on not to dwell in the in the past too much. We want to be talking about the future. But when we originally covered um, Back to the Future, and the, it was actually I feel like it was the first time I'd met Rowan in person as well. Mm. Was us recording it, um, and I opened it. I opened up a discussion with uh, something like, "What is your favorite Back to the Future film, and why is it part two? Mm. And Rowan was like, "Oh." Like, that's a weird thing to say. And in my head, I was like, everyone loves part two best. What are you talking Unless about? you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, well, we shout, because Rotten Tomatoes, um, <laughs> Back to the Future part two has a, an a, a abysmal 63% on Crazy. Rotten Tomatoes, which is so much lower than I ever would have thought. Uh, with Back to the Future th- part three on 80%. 
Um, and I, uh, I, I was so shocked to learn that. I was so shocked to to learn that not everyone had the same affinity for the second one as I did. But then somewhere, and I've talked about this before, but somewhere between 2016 and now, I totally have fallen off the sequels. Mm. At least as 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 much as I you know I used to be all about part two, yeah. but now I'm like part one so clearly the best. Part two is a movie that has aged so poorly but so well at the same mm. time. Like like it's it's I think um I think it's very attractive when you're a kid and you're seeing what the future yeah. would look like that. I mean, if this is just going to be a free-form discussion now, but, like... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone who wanted a pure episode. There will never be a pure Back to the Future film franchise. This is, this is a... Yeah, this is... We're doing season one vibes. But the... <laughs> the I, I Growing up, I was like, yeah, basically... Two's my favourite. Like, even then, I probably would have had that sort of thought of, like, uh, one's the best, but two's my favourite. And I think, yeah, like you said, the future stuff is so exciting... And then watching it again this time, I was kind of, there was a part of me that was like, let's just get through this stuff. Like the future stuff is so the least important stuff in that film to me now. And the idea of, and you know, being the franchise podcast that a sequel, which is the first film from a different angle is the most exciting thing about that film that running around just outside of frame for all of the first film is Mm. is the best idea the second film has also the stuff of being in an alternate version of the timeline Mm. we're aware of like those are Mm. so much more interesting than the future stuff Mm. and you can even tell and this is i like they've said this sort of in um in interviews and stuff but you know when they realized oh we actually want to make a sequel I part of them was like, ah, well, you know, I wish we hadn't ended the first film the way we did with, you know, I especially putting Jennifer in the car and flying mm. off into the sunset, literally flying. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the the alternate angle stuff is like all time great sequel stuff. I I I one hundred percent agree. And watching it now with without the like blind fervor I must have had the last time I watched mm. uh, part two. I think that 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 first act is so tedious, mm. and if if I'd never seen these movies before, and I was watching it for the first time for the podcast, that first act would make me go like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Because and and like it has gotten like quantifiably worse in the years since we passed twenty fifteen in real life. Yeah. Like you know, like and uh, no not Queen only is. Diana. <laughs> She, she died in a car accident yeah there's um one of the headlines is like queen Diana. oh my god yeah and and they go into my my favorite th- my favorite like that didn't turn out how you thought it was is when he goes into cafe 80s and michael jackson is like an, an, an automatic michael jackson is is delivering drinks no, although i will say that is actually one of the things that has aged the best even just in the last week that resurrecting dead celebrities with ai to show you stuff i was like yeah. this is more relevant this week than it has ever been may, <laughs> may, maybe may, also, maybe but yeah but interestingly yeah. um I, I you haven't seen the flash i don't think but that has a big part of that is back to the future as well that um right barry allen ends up in an alternate timeline and the first sort of one of the first hints he gets that is like oh everything's different here as they keep talking about um 
how how great Eric Stoltz is in Back to the Future. Ah, right. And then he's like, wait a minute. And then he has this big argument about who played. What a Marty deep McFly. cut thing to say in a. Well, so this is the this is the I, I thought that as well, but the whole time <laughs> I was like, when they started doing that, I was like, oh, of course, this is Warner Brothers Universal. They're gonna fucking play the Eric Stoltz footage that was in the vault for thirty years. It's not right. in the film, but um, oh, okay. I thought, oh, that would have been. Like, again, one of these things that's like, oh, if you go going whole hog, it's like, yeah, fucking ruin, <laughs> you know, like, do it. Why yeah, not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, I was, I think it's more so like, especially in 2015, mm. I don't think um, Michael Jackson would have been in, you know, yeah. check out our Michael Jackson delivering drinks. And also kind and of vaguely Reagan. implies he, yeah, he, he would still be alive as well. He died before he died in 2010 so yeah well no, that's, i mean that's kind of the, the way it well. is because also with the rate when did reagan die i he guess was, i later. guess i guess cafe 80s could have been around for a number of years by this mm. point and just have pre-recorded footage of michael jackson but richard reagan died in 2004 before anyone goes oh you, did, you didn't finish that thought <laughs> Let's do the fun thing that everybody likes to do with time travel stories. Does the events of Back to the Future somehow alter from our timeline and split off into a timeline where Michael Jackson was never convicted of molesting children and was mm. still a celebrated pop star in 2015, alive well, and well I, to, and celebrated I, to, in 2015? To be fair, he was never convicted of molesting children. Did I say convicted? Yeah. Accused. Accused. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Um, yeah yeah i mean maybe what like when he made that when marvin made that phone call maybe that altered mm. music history when a white man stole rock and roll from a black man yeah <laughs> the, retroactively there's a the, yeah there's a famous john mulaney bit which i which has not only changed i think the way people will see back to the future but the way people see film criticism is that he he does a bit i don't know if you've seen it but it's like oh, imagine how crazy pitching Back to the Future must have been. And it's mm. like, you know, you have these two guys and they go in and it's like, oh, he's, you know, hangs around with this old man. And it's like, oh, okay, what's their relationship? We never explain it. Okay, mm. so this Marty McFly guy, is he like a cool guy? And they're like, nah. And then, okay, so he has this time machine, right? And then he goes back in time to like, ah, he goes to stop Adolf Hitler and they're like, well, now what we are going to say is going to sound stupid. Like, okay, well, what are you going to say? And they're like, we thought, we thought it'd be funny if he tried to fuck his mom. <laughs> and it's, it's a very good bit, but like that, that, that bit, the guy that makes the, the uh, pitch meeting YouTube videos has said mm. he directly w is just doing that John Mulaney bit that he he saw that and thought oh that's a funny idea and then made this whole series about it and the whole fucking cinema sins honest trailers like world of film criticism is like fucking bigger than ever that people go oh well this this film's bad because you there's it says twin pine at the start and now it says lone pine <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah. but yeah it's um. Uh, it, it's i get that it's a fun movie to talk about like that but it's like this isn't you're not actually critiquing the film you're not actually having intelligent observations about the film these are mm. the first thing everyone thinks of when you bring up back to the future 
And which and is which I is another want... one of sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm on, yeah. on a roll now. That it's another oh, like one of uh, the points I remember making in the first podcast, but it still rings true. Is that like Back to the Future is a perfect film. Mm. It, it's not a flawless film. It's like it's not without imperfections, but it is a perfect film. And that mm. it's like you can nitpick it. There are continuity errors. There are plot holes. There are time travel always results in plot holes. Yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. there is this film is just firing on all cylinders. And the, the I remember talking about how like those imperfections, those little nitpicks you can have about this film are what make it human. There's nothing film ruining in there, but mm. much like humans are imperfect, mm. this this movie is imperfect in the most perfect way. And it's mm. it's it's greatest film we've made. You reckon? I there's an argument to be made for that. <laughs> I think that because it's like, well, okay, well, is the greatest film ever made going to be an incredibly highbrow piece of art that is, you know, throwing out a name, Schindler's List. Um, that's like... As someone who edits the Letterboxd Four Favourites videos, mm. it's I'd never heard someone say Schindler's List. I was I was ready for the Godfather, Godfather, yeah, Godfather or, yeah. or Shawshank. Like. Um, well, I, I was just thinking of like a film that's... I, I was I was I, I was trying to think of a film that's like good but not fun, and mm. that's just certainly a shameless list. But that like yeah, I mean the Godfather's a great example as well. That it's like that's not it's not super accessible to like you mm. couldn't just chuck you couldn't chuck anyone mm. from any of the four quadrants in front of the Godfather and expect them to love yes. it. You could it's probably a one quadrant movie to be yeah. perfectly honest. And whereas Back to the Future, that it's like. And it's the same thing, like the, like your big issue with Paddington Two shouldn't be the the <laughs> highest rated film on Letterboxd on um on Rotten Tomatoes. Sorry. That it's like, and I think yeah, it fucking should be. Like, I mean, well, it should be Back to the Future, really, but <laughs> but like Paddington <laughs> You're Two. You're confusing your messaging here. Yeah, but like so a film like Paddington Two should be the highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes because it's it's not saying this is the greatest film of all time it's this is the most likable film of all time i cannot imagine the person who doesn't like paddington 2 i mean i'm talking to him on a zoom call but i don't not like it oh well you're the you're it's fucking the world's leading expert in hating paddington 2 and you don't even dislike it so what does that fucking tell you aj i want to we're doing something a little different this episode, as you, as people will probably be able to tell if you've listened to other episodes. But I want to like, um, yeah, I, I basically, I'm, I'm sick of. I don't want to just relay, as we said at the start, the same things that that you've always Can we do heard. It? I was, I was going to suggest a game we could play. I've got the game. Oh, I was, I was also going to suggest a game. Well, let's see if it's <laughs> the same game. So you um, issued me a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, I think you mentioned it on the meeting of the elders episode, but you also mentioned it in real life, Richard. Mm. Uh, and that is you. You basically said, "AJ, I'm the big cheese. <laughs> I, I, I I know more about Back to the Future than you. I know more about Back to the Future than any than MF anybody. on the whole GD world. I reckon I know more right? about it than Robert Zemeckis. Certainly more than I, Bob Gale." <laughs> <laughs> um so you were like i dare you aj i dare I you to you. teach 
teach me something I didn't already know about Back to the Future. And I thought to myself, one, that's probably not going to be that hard. I could be like, what was the actor that played this character in the background of the scene? The- and I know that's not what you meant, but yeah. I could do that and it would technically qualify for, for the parameters of the challenge. Mm. Um, but also, what better way to shirk the responsibility of going yeah. through all the stuff you have to mention um, in, in when you talk mm-hmm. about Back to the Future, then see if you know it and have you say it. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, Richard. So my first question then would be... Who's this extra in the background? (laughs) A segment which I think we should abandon because it's becoming increasingly clear that it's not that interesting as we thought it maybe once was, Mm. and that is French-wise. Can you tell me why did Back to the Future spawn a trilogy? Money. Money. It's money. It's just always money. If it's not money, we'll we'll bring it up. But (laughs) it always is money. yeah. Um, yeah, no, it just made a lot of money, and they were like, "Yep." If it, they 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 always say that you know the the cliffhanger at the end of the first film was not intended to be promising a sequel, uh, but then it made heaps of money, and a lot of people loved it. Uh, you mentioned the Eric Stoltz thing before. What does that mean, Richard? Did wait? No, let me pose it at each of these things as a question. Okay. Richard, did you know that uh, Michael J. Fox was not always cast as Marty McFly? Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in the game. Now, uh, yeah, so Eric Stoltz was original. Well, Michael J. Fox was the, the first choice. Uh, he was unavailable due to filming Family Ties. And then Eric Stoltz was cast instead. Apparently, he just, like, wasn't funny. Like, he wasn't really that funny. Is one of they the, like, say he misinterpreted the material and was way too dramatic and serious. With it. Yeah. and But they shot with him for a, a couple of weeks. And mm. then... Michael J. Fox was able to make a schedule work. I believe he was going between like shooting mm. um, family ties, family ties during the day and back to the future at night, vice versa. And uh, yeah, there is one, still one shot of Eric Stoltz in the film. Do you know what mm-hmm. shot it is? Yeah. It's, it's when um, it's around the scene where Biff is confronting Biff in the diner, right? No. Or is it the cafeteria? No, it's uh, the shot of Marty jumping into the DeLorean when the the Libyans arrive. Is oh, Eric Stoltz? Okay, uh, but the okay. the shot you're thinking of is that the Eric Stoltz footage was in a vault for 30 years. I believe either in 2015 or 2020 when they did the 30th or 35th anniversary hmm. uh, Blu-ray, they made some of the Eric Stoltz footage available for the first time, and hmm. it's. That the, there's a sh- the, the the famous shot of him realizing, oh my god, I'm sitting next to my father, is one of the shots mm. they released. I think that might be mm. what you think of. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Turn, you know more about it than me. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, I didn't write a lot of these down. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just go for it. Um, well, I don't know. So, uh, what? Why? Uh, why did? Do you know why did Crispin Glover? Why does Crispin Glover, who played George mm. McFly, Marty's father in the first film, uh, why does he have bad blood with the series now? This is and th- this is actually a fascinating thing, and again, like still relevant today. So mm-hmm. Crispin Glover declined to return for the sequels. They couldn't agree on pay. Apparently, it was like he wanted. It's it's come equal? out just yeah equal pay with like Marty and shit. Like because I mean he is a very main character in the first one i mean he might have been more in the second and third um if they hadn't Mm. but in the second and third you'll notice that george mcfly going from being a main character in the first one is always in the background wearing sunglasses or upside down and 
the reason is that because yeah, he declined to return, but they used these tricks to make you think that Crispin Glover was still in the film. And there was this big court case, this big uh, landmark sort of case about actors giving the permission of their likeness despite mm. not being in the film and, and all the stuff. And mm. so that's like, you know, the discussions that we're having now with AI and deep fakes mm. and everything is all going to date back to this Crispin Glover case. Yeah, right. Nice. There you go. What, uh, do you, which actor, Richard, whom you've previously mistaken as being in a movie is in this movie, but was not in the movie that you thought it was him in. <laughs> That's in the Shall first I re- Do you want me to reword the question? Yeah. I think he's in the first two. There is an actor in Back to the Future 1 and 2. You're not allowed to look. It looks like you're looking this up. <laughs> I'm not. There is an actor who's in, I think, the first two films. I don't think he's in the third film. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a background <laughs> character. And you, we once watched a franchise and which, you were staggered Redux. to find it for Redux. Yeah. Okay, so you know it. Yeah, yeah. So you once thought, this, which who's the actor? I, I, I was insane to me to find out that um, Billy Zane is not in The Mummy, but he is one not of- Not playing Imhotep. <laughs> he's one of Biff's cronies. He's one of Biff's cronies. Yeah. And I had the like opposite experience watching it this time. You're like, I, I thought like, that was- I, know, well, I just didn't think name. it was anyone. But then, the guy's then he name looked. Plays him. He, <laughs> yeah, he tip. looked. He looked to the camera in a certain way, and I was like, "Is that Billy Zane?" Mm. And I was like, "It's not Billy Zane." He plays a character called Match, one of uh, Biff's cronies, as you say. Do you know the other the other actor who's in the second one, who is a now a, a known who? actor? Oh yes, yep. I do. Who is it? Elijah Wood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, Richard. Um, there is an actor who is in the some of these films <laughs> who was in the last franchise we watched and the the roles they play are very similar mm. and the like the presence they have in the franchise is not dissimilar from each other yes, do you know what this is this because this is a fun realization that i had when i watched mm. the karate kid did not identify that the love interest was <laughs> was second jennifer uh, yeah. but yeah, Elizabeth Shue, who plays. Correct. I think I was because when I when I watched the Karate Kid and we were saying Elizabeth Shue, I was thinking, who's the woman from Duty Dancing who got her nose done and looked real different, that and 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 ruined her career by getting a nose job. That was Jennifer Grey, and what? so in in my mind, I was thinking of her. And I never, <laughs> I guess I didn't recognize her, but it was mm. funny. Watching it this time was the biggest, the most I've noticed the difference between Claudia Wells and Elizabeth Shue, I think. Mm. Yep. So Claudia Wells plays Marty's girlfriend, Jennifer, in the first film. Um, she did not return for the second two where she was replaced with Elizabeth Shue, which I thought was to her ailing father or something. Or mother correct uh and and i be- i i thought that was an interesting parallel with her being in the first karate kid elizabeth shoe mm. and then not reprising her role for the second karate kid yeah. maybe she was filming back to the future part two maybe um, <laughs> yeah okay so that those are um um a couple of of the big ones i thought i could maybe um not really get you with but uh, oh, to, have you explain for over, me yeah. 
Yep. There is, but there's there's a couple of things I thought maybe I could get with them. And I don't know if you'll be very satisfied with the way I've like constructed these <laughs> okay. questions, but I, I did genuinely try to take on the challenge. Yeah. Um, my first question is, do you know how old Michael J. Fox is in each film? Because I found, found this interesting, uh, but I didn't know if you'd know it. Yeah, I wouldn't know exactly, but I would say he's... You do have a, a penchant for accurately guessing random numbers on the yeah. scale, so... I would guess he's he, like 26, something. In which film? In the first one, sir. No. Does this count as me getting you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not within the spirit of the game, but uh, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. uh, how, old, how old is he? He was 23 in part one, and then they filmed part two and three when he was 28, um, playing a 17-year-old. So mm. similar to last yeah. franchise as well, we have someone who's 10 years older, basically, than the character they are playing. Yeah. The, but uh, he is quite baby-faced. Do you know when he announced his Parkinson's diagnosis? Oh, uh, yeah. It was like uh, mid to late 2000s. No. Incorrect. Oh, yeah. Early 2000s. It was... It was only seven years after part three in 1998. Wow. Do you know about how I think, I think we've spoken about this before, but that there's like a film where that Michael J. Fox worked on because no one knows. We don't know what causes Parkinson's. We know very little about it. And, mm. but there's a film that he's in where like, it's like three or four cast members. I think it's like four cast members or crew members or whatever got Parkinson's and they were filming somewhere weird, but it's like, you need five cases to be considered a cluster. So they've never investigated it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's you've just told me something interesting i didn't know about <laughs> yeah that's that's such a red flag would you not if you were michael j fox with like your foundation and your mm. your wealth and stuff would you not investigate that yeah. would you not crazy yeah. that's crazy. did you watch the michael j fox show no i'd looked i like i remember reading the concept and being like that sounds so great what a perfect um uh vehicle for a mm. you know michael J. Fox it was like still keep acting but yeah this, I, I remember I it was saw the trailer and didn't think it looked very yeah good, so i watched a few episodes that looked very good but yeah that it's like this because it, it, it's one of those classic like the old school idea of a sitcom where it's like it's the michael j fox show he's not playing michael mm. j fox um the character isn't even named michael j fox but he's yeah he was like a news anchor who went off the air and is now coming back and it's like there was the bit in the first episode where it's like he's triumphantly returning and he's like why is this what's with the fucking inspirational music <laughs> like mm -hmm. but his wife was played by um betsy brandt betsy brandt yeah yeah, yeah. it was like yeah, her first bigger uh, post breaking bad role mm, mm, mm. um so do we keep going with the game or do we want to talk well if you've got about, suffering uh, down like yeah of course yeah, okay, so I, this, this is my last Hail Mary to try and get you. Yeah. So this is the last thing. But it is quite it's quite specific. But that's what you want, right? You yeah. want you've you you said to me you've watched every DVD commentary, mm -hmm. every behind the scenes featurette, right? Mm -hmm. Um, do you know, and this is this is a multi-part question, do you know how 9-11 affected Back to the Future? You might not that I mean, I might I might have heard it when you say it, but no, that's a good question right so and i'm not talking about that really really fucking funny youtube video where someone says that back to the future 2 predicts 9 11 right. because um when they're changing the future tv screen 
uh, it clips onto the yeah. the twin towers, and a a ripple goes down the screen. And from jo- an upside down George McFly's perspective, he would have seen the towers fall down. I think that's so funny. That's not <laughs> what I'm talking about. Uh, no, so there is seemingly, and maybe I'm making this a bigger thing than it actually mm. is, but the Back to the Future various wikis seem to like talk about it quite a bit. <laughs> uh, there is like a legendary. Uh, 1998 airing of Back to the Future on on NBC, oh, yeah. uh, November 9, November 13th, 1988, uh, in which um, uh, certain minor scenes were censored. Oh, yeah. uh, and for, for after 2001, after September 11th, um, more cuts were made for the the edited for television version mm. is this notorious version of Back to this the Future. This is what happens when you and, find a stranger in the Alps. Yeah, exactly. And I thought this would be a good place to start to try and tell you stuff you didn't know because I this is something I've read before right. and I researched, I, I looked it up again because I was like, this is a little trickle in the back of my brain mm. that I remember that maybe Richard doesn't know about. So I've got a list here of um, lines that were changed for the american release on um any pretty much any time it was played on television post 9 11 mm. or from the november 13th uh, 1998 cut um so uh do you shall i go through all of these on the wiki and you try and guess what the old line is <laughs> okay yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay at one point a radio spokesperson says statler toyota is making the best deals of the year on all 1985 model toyotas what has that changed to in the TV cut? <laughs> wait, so, so wait, I'm guessing what the edit is. Yes, what's the edit? Oh, fuck. Uh, pass. I oh, I thought we were going the other way, that you were going to give Oh, do you edit. want to go the other way? <laughs> we can do that as well. Uh, the word Toyota is cut from the, the any time it's said for some reason. Right. Um, but it is not blurred when you, you see yeah. Toyota. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me see what's the... Um... I don't know, which way is going to be more fun? <laughs> okay, no, this the, the, uh, this is just a line that was cut out right. of the, the film. Um, but the, I'll tell you this one for free because this is the most pertinent to the 9-11 connection. Yeah. Um, is the, the television at the start of the film... Mm. It's the first line you hear. The first lines you hear in the film says, "A Libyan terrorist group has claimed responsibility for the alleged theft." However, officials now attribute the discrepancy to a simple clerical error. That and any mention of the word terrorist, nine eleven like actually like changed how we see. Like before nine eleven, mm. the word terrorist was not all as inherently <laughs> well. No, no, but it wasn't as inherently all the things we associate with it now. Like you could speak about a terrorist in a positive context you could say like i don't know like you know a revolutionary was a terrorist like in um in abe's exodus one of my favorite video games which came out in 1999 uh you are referred to as a terrorist in the game because you're you're you know you're, you're going against the establishment yeah yeah okay what is this line this is the changed line okay mm. i want you to tell me what the original line is <laughs> Marty says, geez, I'm starting to sound like my old man. Is it Christ I'm starting to sound like my old man? Close. It's Jesus I'm starting to sound like my old man. Uh, Jennifer's grandmother's phone number. She writes her phone number on the back of the Save the Clock Tower tower, uh, note. Um, In the film we have watched, it says 555-4823. What does it say in the edited version? (laughs) 
They changed it to 9-11. They changed it to 9-11. <laughs> no, and, and, and this would have been so distracting if you watched it on TV and this was the first time you saw it. It says 555-0123. I don't know why you would change that. Mm. It's so weird. There's a bunch of examples, not from this film, but like of other films where there's a phone number just in a scene and it turns out to be someone's real number and yada, yada, yada. Mm, mm, but mm. 555 isn't a real number. That's like the, the mm. area code reserved for fake numbers. Mm. Yeah. Uh, when Dave McFly, Marty's brother, who's not really a presence in the film, mm. realizes he's late for work, uh, in the original film, um, he says, God damn it, I'm late. What does he say in this? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since this He's, is such a boring game. He it's says... Just, it's just, damn it, I'm late. I will look for something more oh, interesting yeah, he's, yeah, so he, he's like oh i'm late for my flight to the twin towers <laughs> okay what is the this is a classic line as well this is a classic back to the future line what does this change to in the tv edit the original version that we watched is from george mcfly the dinner table he says what lorraine what do you remember that part i love that part that, that, it's, that, it's edited my, for some reason one of my favorite like idiosyncratic delivery it's actually not crispin glover in the second film as well as we yeah, yeah. in the second film when he's like well you're right well you're right and you have given that to me by the way i don't know if you knew that but i say that now oh really you once years ago you were like i love that line in back to the future and i was like i don't remember that line in back to the future so i've just been copying you how <laughs> you're, you you're quoting it, me <laughs> and then saw it in the film and i was like huh, it's slightly different in the film than how richard quoted <laughs> yeah to me. but th- there's there's a few because because Crispin Glover is a weird fucking dude, um, mm. and but yeah, the yeah. what Lorraine, what, and mm. then his laugh as well at the honeymooners. Is it honeymooners? Ah, yeah, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so does, what he is goes, the... what Lorraine? Fuck. <laughs> in the censored version uh, you're pretty close here they drop the last what for some reason so it's just what lorraine uh okay lorraine a, a line was taken out of or some words were taken out of this line the line is anyway this is from lorraine anyway your grandpa hit him with the car and brought him into the house he seemed so helpless like a lost puppy and my heart just went out to him what is what which of those lines is removed uh he seemed like a lost puppy no that's the only line kept. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it cuts out uh, anyway your grandpa hit him with the car and brought him into the house. <laughs> A crucial setup of the film <laughs> is removed from it. Um, so, okay, let's... let's uh, okay, this is, this is an easy one. This is a gimme. Uh, this line was changed for the censored version. The censored version is, if my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the film, he says serious shit. You know, I just realised yep. what I have. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a visual thing. Nice. I have, have a print a of the Back to the Future poster right behind me this whole time. Mm. 312 okay. of 995. Fuck, it's a good poster. 
Yeah, it is. Drew Struism. Should we, should we ditch the game and talk no, about no, keep something going. else? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, famous line in the actual film, Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Uh, what is the line change to? In this, in Fuck, this, you exploded the dog. <laughs> Fuck, you just hit the second tower. <laughs> <laughs> I like this joke that we've made where they've changed it to reference 9-11 and not not to not reference. (laughs) (laughs) Is it just like, oh gosh, gosh darn it, you disintegrated Iney. So that sort of, um, you know, powder puff like swearing is the right vibe the line in the center virgin is jeez louise jeez louise doc you disintegrated Einstein <laughs> which makes me wonder where do they get these lines from do they just have a voice actor come in and say jeez louise and well that's the thing that like Christ? michael j fox is a pretty famous famously imitable voice mm-hmm. mm. uh what about this one um when George, uh, when Marty's giving George the the rundown of like how to um how to sta- how to fight him to get Lorraine, mm. he says, um, he's like, get your damn hands off me. And George says, do I really have to swear? And what does what does Marty say in the uh, censored version? No, you don't. <laughs> no, no one does. <laughs> <laughs> no, he says. So in the real version, he says, uh, yes, definitely. God damn it, George, swear. In this one, he just says, damn it. And then once again, terrorists is removed from Marty's letter that he tries to oh, give yeah. to Doc to to um, uh, warn him. Uh, and the one, the the last line, the one that I actually remembered, and that's why I thought it would be a good mm. option for this game, um, is uh, at the end of the film when Doc's like, "Marty, Jennifer, you got to come to the future. It's a, it's about your future." Uh, Marty says, "What happens to us in the future? Do we become like assholes, assholes or something?" Mm-hmm. What do you think assholes has changed to? Jerks. Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's changed to jerks. Uh, there's also a small section on this wiki that... This is the censorship wiki, by the way, not oh, the Back yeah. to the Future wiki, which is interesting. The UK censorship says when it aired on ITV in United Kingdom on 9th of October in 2011, the scene in which Marty's girlfriend Jennifer gives him her grandfather grandmother's number was removed altogether. So there's something about this so sci-fi he, five, which notoriously is like yeah, yeah. the movie. Number, What's the rest right? of the That's number? That's like four eight two three. But is you that, know, I've heard it joked about that if if a number starts with five five five, it's a fake number, and they're giving it to you for the movie. The meaning of four eight two three, angel number. Mm. Is it? If you see, I mean, I guess if you see angel number four eight two three, the message relates to the field of money and work. This uh, this seems like this does bullshit. not feel like it'd be wise. Yeah, but the 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 um, but so so he doesn't get he doesn't get the flyer then, which is well, because she doesn't write her number on it. Maybe oh no, because she, she just she, writes, they still I get the flyer. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Like, it's interesting to me, and I think that like, I think it's what you said before that it's just ha- displaying a phone number on. Mm. TV is maybe a bad call. Yeah. I know, it's very peculiar. But anyway, does that count? Did I teach you something about Back to the Future? Thank you very much. That was good? All right. Okay. So this is the first time in watching the series in which I will have ranked them the following way. (laughs) Because as a kid, I would have always said, 
and as as a teenager and as a 23 year old when we recorded we're actually recording this on the last night of my 20s yeah how do you feel um horrible shitty Um, (laughs) (laughs) but so i would have always gone two one three now I would go to no, sorry, I'd go one, three, two. What the, the fucking it's, it's, heck? It is the first time I have like enjoyed. I think this is the most I've enjoyed three in mm. years, especially comparing it to the really, really rickety first half or first act of two. Mm. Three has a lot more care. I think. I think a big thing about it is just how overexcited two gets with its set mm. with it, like its its art direction for for the um for the future for 2015 mm. and it just it just gets to the point where it's like you guys had to have known the world wouldn't look like this in 2015 like this is ridiculous yeah, i, I think know? we're like, a lot more um uh realistic with our future predictions these days just end of the world mm. <laughs> yeah uh and i think i think it's the first film which feels so authentic the second film not only are the the old makeup the you know the elderly makeup is a lot worse mm. for some reason in the second film well there's but just as well so as, much more of it i mean it lo- yeah, like true. sorry you're on a roll <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna say like the the art direction is so extreme and so intense and they're they're firing on, on all these different ideas and very little of it came true we do not have like a flying car we don't have system. a queen diana we don't have Jaws 19, mm. though there was, of course, Richard. A fun teaser that uh, was made for it. And like a film festival, right? That, that you can watch a bunch of Jaws 1. T- Apparently there's like Jaws 12 or something was made for this short film festival. Okay. Um, well, they made a bunch of Jaws and Jaws mm. 12 attempts to like bridge the gap between. Yeah, there's, the well, they, they, they released a trailer that's like the first four jaws it's just like the title cards it was like and then he went to space and then uh, and then he had his revenge ah, right, and right, then right. Da, 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 right. and now it's yeah yeah um so whereas like the the uh the old west stuff mm. not only does that feel more authentic because that's kind of like a more muted and mm. and you know uh we know what reserved, it yeah yeah uh but they hang a lampshade on the fact that marty looks ridiculous in the costume he arrives Mm. in 1885 and um and so i don't know like and i just found the story a lot more authentic the the one thing i'll still get we were talking about this before the one thing i'll still give part two is like the whole stuff with with retreating like going back to the end of the first film i think as you say that is excellent and that is a 10 out of 10 idea and Mm. probably one of the more exciting parts of the franchise but also i think the gray sports almanac is like that is to me that's the like single best idea in the series like the the story the story engine the plot device Mm. that is the almanac i am surprised wasn't in the first film and they probably got Uh, the the two and three are full of things that they they're hoping you think was in the first film yeah 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 (laughs) like marty being called chicken yeah 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 yeah, exactly. Needles, a character who comes out of nowhere. What is comes up out of with nowhere? That? Also, again, this is a visual Played thing. Played by Flea from but, yeah, Red Hot from, Chili Peppers. But like in the, the, it's it's the most insane fucking performance. I'm going to do it for you, and okay. I can I can kind of describe what I'm doing. But go back and watch the scene in the second film in 2015 where Needles has the phone call with Marty McFly, and he's telling him. 
look, are you in or you're out? And he calls him chicken and then he's in and it's, you know, some big scheme and then he ends up getting fired for it. Mm-hmm. Once they've finished the call, F- Flea Needles just goes, he's like, thanks a lot. And then he goes like this. <laughs> His eyes just like unfocus. He looks like up to the side in the distance and then just smiles and just wiggles his head away from the camera it's like it cuts to a wider shot so it's not the fo- the the screen isn't the focus but it's mm. the weirdest fucking thing i don't know why like maybe that's how they end vocals sa- in 2015 oh it sounds like he's looking to the director for you know was was that good yeah maybe which, but it's, which, it's so you know, strange it's not the only time a character in the background of a shot does something fucking ominous that feels actually quite creepy uh, directed off screen because uh, at the end of part three, when when Doc arrives and shows shows off his family, I, I was watching, my, my flatmate came home and was like, watching the end of it with me and i was like watch the little boy's hands because he points at his wiener and then mm. beckons someone from <laughs> off screen and it's you know people think he's like trying to tell someone that he needs to pee or something but it it made it into the film it's also like because you know i know that bit's coming the reveal of Vern, the, the character's name so he's like Doc's introducing his kids jules and Vern. Mm-hmm. the reveal of Vern is like a jump scare that kid is terrifying looking <laughs> and he's, isn't it he's, interesting he's as doing well. like a kubrick stare <laughs> it's i always the thing is interesting as well that that um in the back to the future animated series jules and Vern are main characters mm. and they are somewhat modeled off those mm. two little boys and imagine having because th- these kids will still be alive they won't be that much older right. than us like mm. you know and so there's some kid out there who in the 90s had a character based off his likeness like yeah. lead a two two seasons of a cartoon. His name is Daniel Evans. There you go. Shout out to Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> Just call him Daniel. So, so so apparently, as of 2016, he was a very down on his luck, not well shaved, very short and sad man, delivering pizzas in Reno, Nevada, with a team of 18 year olds who had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> Why is that information online? I was read it. Someone's like, yeah, I worked with him and. <laughs> we didn't have any orders and he was talking and he's like yeah I was in Back to the Future 3 and it's one of the most embarrassing things in my life and they showed him <laughs> showed him the clip amazing but that's also uh, anyway well we could, need to ask we need up. to ask Daniel what the fuck's up with the hand <laughs> I'm sure he's heard that all his life um, so we need to talk about I've never seen anyone really talk about this and I'm not saying I find her attractive but Martina McFly, played by Michael Jack Fox, <laughs> Marty McFly's daughter, looks very authentic. And in a film which you really have to squint Mom? to believe Mom, that is this that is what a, <laughs> what a 62-year-old Michael J. Fox would actually look like. In a film where you have to do that, hmm. the the way that like, it doesn't look like a, a man in drag. It looks like a a girl well, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean i mean, I mean like because you talked about like how the, the makeup looks worse in the second film and it's like there are bits and pieces that look good but like the the second film is like s- such a monumental leap forward for technology mm. in terms of like the the programmable um fucking cameras mm. movements and stuff like that that was all it was like one of the biggest leap forwards in for technology in ireland mm. on industrial line magic history yeah and yeah, like the captain two... disillusion has a great video about the yeah, vfx yeah. of back to the future and it's like there's stuff that's like it's just mind-blowing and i mean because there's a lot of stuff in the whole series that has two people played by the same actor mm. um on screen together and 
there are bits when you can very clearly see the masking and you know where one character's been cut think, out but it's like it, it's it's for the time it's incredible i think the most obvious one is in part three where seamus mcfly is is walking back with marty after he's just challenged mad dog tannin to a duel that's mm. one i always see you can so see that the marty mcfly michael j fox is the one on the green screen oh yeah like it's it's really obvious yeah um, but there's a few like like and, and this is the zemeckian touch like you there's the famous thing and uh because he directed i think it was the film he did after back to the future was who framed roger rabbit and there's all correct. the stuff in that that's like um you know you didn't need to go this hard like having mm. the light source swinging around and having yeah, yeah. the character the tunes interact with real items and things and there's a lot of things in back to the future too you know the the old school way of doing this way way back in the day was that you have a fence post in the middle of the screen you have one character act out there saying you cover half of the lens and you know the the light isn't actually hitting the film stock and then mm. you reload that same film and then you play it out again i'm talking like you know early 1900s this is how they did it and mm-hmm. in like it's always and you see this in sitcoms and shit as well that it's like the easiest way to do it is literally just split it down the middle and there's so many things in this with the two jennifers are like when they see each other other. yeah and they they cross each other and it's it's crazy it's it's so well done and there's so much stuff like that that's like i wouldn't have i wouldn't have questioned it if these characters never cross paths but yeah and then like the when you've got like four characters played by michael j fox all at the table together and the the camera's moving and there's stuff moving i believe when they were shooting that i think there was an earthquake and they had to start again um because all, everything oh, no. moved ever so slightly what a the worst thing that could have happened yeah, <laughs> yeah so if to, to sort of clarify what you're meaning the the way they did this this dinner table scene is they i believe they they got a, like a motorized mm. uh like i don't know what you'd call it, like a, a piece of equipment crane. that was on a programmed yeah crane that was on a programmed track and so they acted the scene out and filmed it and because it's it's automated it would move it exactly the same way each time mm. so that then in the edit you could just crop where you need it yeah so i think it's like you you move the camera organically once and then the machine remembers that exact movement and just replicates it over and over again which is now like a fairly standard piece of technology in the industry but yeah it was pretty much invented for this Mm. yeah it's very cool i yeah i remember you alluded this to alluded to this before that like the writers have said if we knew we were going to do a sequel we, we wouldn't have put jennifer in the delorean mm. and boy is that uh painfully obvious i mm. think watching it now i think they don't they genuinely just don't know what to do with her she's left in a in a dumpster it doesn't it doesn't paint doc and marty and i mean two hot cops shop <laughs> for some reason the cops are real hot. yeah i messaged you there the other day i was i seen your picture of the two hot cops and i was like mm. i love that the vision for the future includes just cops are hot now and mm. you did not reply you didn't you didn't react to it at all and i was Sorry. i was devastated I, I, do you know do you know what it was i was like aj's mad that i complimented police officers that's <laughs> <laughs> true so when they get to the future they they're like oh let's just pop <laughs> pop jennifer on this stack of laser discs mm. and we're mm. <laughs> just still around in 2015 and they and then they just leave her there like, don't worry, she'll be fine. She's knocked out. But it's like, there's no reason why Doc wouldn't just leave her in the DeLorean when he 
goes and does his thing because he goes to knock out Marty McFly mm. Jr. So Marty McFly Sr., our regular Marty, can take his place. But because he used the knockout gas or knockout thing mm, on mm, Jennifer, mm, there's mm. not enough, blah, blah, blah. But it's, yeah. a good, it's a good way. I can imagine being in the writer, in the writer's room, being like, <laughs> we did it. We solved it. <laughs> mm. We solved the reason that Jennifer needed to be in the car. But I don't think it's a good enough reason. And mm. why wouldn't you just leave her in the DeLorean, I guess? Yeah. Chuck her in yeah. the front. But, and the reason why she's not left in the DeLorean is because older Biff has to take it. Mm. Um, and you don't want her in there. Um, I always thought it was interesting that, uh, so older Biff, this is a lot of this episode is us presuming you guys have seen the film. Um, yeah. <laughs> seen the films. Uh, but I always thought it was interesting that they explicitly show him like dying because he changed the past. Older they, Biff. Well, they don't explicitly show him dying. Oh, is a, that a deleted it's scene? It's a deleted scene that shows him explicitly dying. Well, he, he still gets out of the car like clearly in pain. Yeah. Right. Which is a weird thing to then cut the, deleted scene yeah. because it's now like yeah. a because he needs to be clutching his cane in a certain way yeah. that breaks it and leaves it in the DeLorean and but then that version of the character just disappears from yeah the series because Biff's not even in the third one mm. Biff is in the third one he's um not not oh, 2015 end, Biff but the 1985 one is right at the end but he um the the way that they do time travel in Back to the Future is that like once he gave him the almanac he should then travel back to alternate 2015. Oh, is that a that's a plot hole then? Yeah, and this is this is like an actual plot hole because it's it's not like it, the rules you've established of this because they later on they say, well, we let's go to 2015 and take a mm. not let Biff get the almanac. They go, no, we can't do that because we'll travel further into this one. The official mm. explanation and also like why does he die, but then none of the other reality changes around him is that. Mm. Well, there's two things. One is that it's like, oh, the the universe has like a ripple effect. Yeah. And so it's like, it takes a while for things to catch up. Uh, The other one is that like the universe, the timeline has like kind of self-preservation sort of Mm -hmm. things. And so it's like the DeLorean needs to go back there for everything to happen. Um, And I mean, once, as soon as you say, oh, the universe did it, you can fix any plot hole sure yeah i want to go back to to jennifer though and it is related to um what we're sort of talking about here they're like sweet we fixed it now we got to go back to 1955 to war or something or other and they're like but what about jennifer and Ine? we left them wherever and he's like no no once we fix the timeline they will merge with their other timeline self he says something like well, he, something he like says that. the timeline will change around them and they all just think it's a That's dream. bullshit. They fucking die. They would fucking die. They don't necessarily... Well, they die at some point. But I... Yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess whether... I mean, because although they do say, yeah, like, the timeline has been erased. It's not just like, oh, we've we've set the dial back to our 1985. It's that one ceases to exist. But, but then we are also shown things changing around people. Like because uh, like the, the universe photos, is the, 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 the photos change. And yeah, stuff, yeah, but like the 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 films focus a lot, deal a lot with like the butterfly effect and stuff like that. But there's so many like small changes that have no effect that it's like no no this would be a big deal. I just think if I was Marty, I'd be like Doc, we have to go get my fucking girlfriend who's and like your asleep dog. on the on the porch or whatever because yeah. this is not the, like we don't know enough, and it's it's highly likely that they'll be. Uh, you know they'll be they'll be yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it literally is we don't know enough about this yeah yeah 
Um, I've got one. Uh, well, actually, another thing that that struck me as well is that when Marty goes back to 1885 and says goodbye to 1955 Doc in Part Three, mm. that's the last 1955 Doc hears about anything. Mm. Like he's not in the seri- the, the story yeah, after yeah. that. So it's like he just sends him off, and he's like. Well, I guess I'll find out if he saved me in, <laughs> in thirty years. <laughs> I, I do, yeah. yeah it, it is. I, I that struck me watching it as well. That it's like this guy just has the craziest week of his life, and then yeah. doesn't get to <laughs> find out the content. Yeah, doesn't get to yeah, find yeah, out yeah, anything yeah. else about it for so long. Yeah, and I do like that though. That we've got these sort of these two these two central characters in the series, but I feel like. Uh, we get it's all it's still marty's story because we get several different versions of doc brown and well we get two versions of doc brown that i think i think that makes that that's cool that we see him at different time eras i wonder if christopher lloyd like played them differently or you know what i mean like does he does he Hmm. play 1985 doc brown with the wisdom of a man who's 30 years old yeah one thing that's like a little uh you know like ah fuck you to the audience as um that i never got as a kid it wasn't until maybe when we Mm. watched it last time that i Mm. understood why this is in there is that when they get to 2015 in the second film and doc's already been there at this point he says oh marty by the way i hope this disguise didn't freak you out i went to this facial rejuvenation clinic um Mm and got some work done and he peels this mask to my life he peels this mask off his face that's like and but i i always thought as a kid the joke was there's absolutely no change um (laughs) and but the thing is that it's that it's like well in the original film 1955 doc is the real is the real christopher lloyd and then yeah, 1955 and then 1985 has yeah. old man makeup on but it's it's so subtle because he's already an old man that um they're like well fuck we're going to be with 1985 doc for the next two movies how can we get around having to do the makeup all the time so they just have him peel it off and hang a lampshade on it and yeah i, I just never understood mm. why that was there uh, the last thing I want to comment on, and you know, this has been a bit of a different episode from our usual stuff, and and I I I wanted to say that um, when Marty's like, uh, if if I tr- if I go back to eighteen eighty five into that wall, I'll crash into those Indians because there's a bunch of Native Americans painted mm. on the mural, um, and Doc says, "No, Marty, you're not thinking fourth dimensionally. When you go through there, they won't even be there, um, and they are there, and it's a big joke." Marty saying that in the first place is such a fucking stupid ass thing. To what yeah. are you stupid? Are you stupid? <laughs> yeah. You think that the, a painting of Indians, sorry, Native Americans, will mean that you'll crash into them? I don't uh, know. It just struck me this time. I was like, what a dumb also thing. Also, when when he arrives and there's the shot of the Native the, the Native Americans coming towards him, one of the worst edited sequences I've ever seen in terms of like mm-hmm. the continuity it is like they overtake him and then in the shot after that he is you know 100 meters in mm-hmm. front of them and then the next shot they almost at the delorean mm-hmm. it's it's so so bad like <laughs> yeah it's so distracting but yeah he, when he says you're not thinking fourth dimensionally later on in the film when he goes we're talking about oh we don't you know we're, <laughs> we're gonna crash because there's no train tracks there and he goes oh you're not thinking fourth dimensionally he goes right right i've got a real problem with that (laughs) it's such a funny delivery but Mm. 
what's your favorite like little idiosyncrasy from the films but well, like, I don't have a real real specific thing that you just remember i don't know if if it's my favorite but it's the i remember it being the most recent one i noticed because mm. i i noticed it in when we covered it last time and i'd never noticed it before was that when um at the end of the first film when uh marty's like hey i my dad punched out biff he's never stood up to him in his life and doc's like never and he's like nah and he's like huh and I never mm. noticed that till my last rewatch that oh, that's yeah. signposting the fact that the now 1985 will have changed so that, um, you know, Biff is emasculated and George is the man, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm. There is also the, 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 the classic thing of like, Marty is going back to a future filled with people he has never met. Yeah. It'd be a nightmare. I wouldn't want that. The, the ending of Back to the Future is secretly terrifying. <laughs> It's true. It's yeah, true. Maybe true. it wouldn't be that bad. Maybe it'd be fine. Mm. Mm. There's oh, there's there's a lot of like really strange characters in the film. Like the the guy who owns the the um wild gunman in the old west. Mm. An insane performance from that man. <laughs> like <laughs> just the the real like car salesman conman kind of character, but very fun. Mm. I love when mm. <laughs> when he's like, oh, frisbee pies, check it out. And then they're just like, yeah, that's the brand of the pies. I don't get why he said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, is there, is there anything else you want to talk about? Oh, so much. Let's, uh, I, let's redux it again next year. Let's redux it again next year. What's your favorite uh, stuff you may have missed in the film? Things, things like the Lone Pine, Twin Pine Mall. Oh, that was going to be my example. <laughs> there's a there's a few that are a lot more subtle. Like the, you mentioned the Statler's um, automobiles, and then there's like a Statler's um, stables in the Old West. Um, mm-hmm. The Goldie Wilson. Uh, well, the the one I've noticed since I was a little boy was that uh, D Jones's manure is A Jones's manure yeah. in, in 1985. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like like it, it it's it's very cartoony a lot of the stuff like all the stuff about oh it's played by uh, Leah Thompson so you know they're they're incest- they're an incestuous family and it's like mm. it's it's cartoon logic like I've, it, yeah I actually think that's more a symptom of uh crispin glover not being game i feel like that mm. that that i feel like seamus mcfly probably would have been played by crispin glover mm. if he was still around maybe yeah. or maybe not i don't know but i do i do kind of think it's it's a weird decision to have uh lorraine playing because the thing as well is that like lorraine and jennifer look very similar <laughs> yeah and i think it's supposed to be like i've read before that people are like oh it's uh it's just that McFly McFly men have the same taste in, mm. in women. And, it, it, you know, it would be even weirder if uh, the there's just this random woman played by a new actress, you know, mm. like that that wouldn't really work with the the sort of language of of the the trilogy i guess so i think i think this has been a good discussion rich i think this has been um you know we said maybe this isn't a sequel but maybe it is a sequel to the first one where we were relentlessly positive i feel like i'm at a point in my life where i can start taking a more critical look at at the at the series i, I think yeah and- i was thinking that like while watching it because you'd sort of been like you know what i don't even like it that much anymore (laughs) i'm the biff of the podcast and 
I yeah, I was I was having a bit of the same sort of like you know, I'm still this is this is always going to be a franchise very near and dear to me. And I feel like I watched it with a slightly different eye, but not enough to really dampen my experience of any of the films. I mean, I'll still if I ever have kids show them Back to the Future, but mm. it's it's more like I don't know. I think I How think How do you guys think, feel about your mum now after watching that? <laughs> I think I just feel like I've seen it too many times now. And I feel like it's a movie that rewards you in picking out all these Easter eggs. And maybe I've just picked them all out. And oh, yeah. so, well, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like we said that, like, yeah, not not rewatching for, or not rewatching like comfort films and stuff as much anymore. I like I have a lot of comfort TV shows, and I feel like my um, attention span got shot during COVID. And I always talk, I talk mm. about this with gaming that, like, all through COVID, the the big lockdown we had in twenty twenty one, I I just spent my time playing Dead by Daylight and Fall Guys, which are both just like round based things. And so now, anytime a game is like, here's a little bit of plot, I'm like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, I just get get me to the gameplay, and I just want the same repetitive gameplay. And <laughs> so that's that's a real struggle for me. But the, I, I think yeah, so I can rewatch TV shows and have comfort TV shows, but even even then, less so these days. But that I. Yeah, movies, it's just, there's there's always so much to watch, especially now that I fucking review movies for my job, and I, there's always something to watch for this podcast, that it's like, when am I going to have the time to just pop on Back to the Future? Jesus Christ. So, uh, geez Louise, <laughs> the podcast has ruined Back to the Future for us. Well, it's not that it's ruined it's, it, it's just I just don't have the time to revisit it. It's like it's, like, it's always going to be near and dear me. to my heart, I just, you know. Well, Richard, it's not all over yet because we do have to continue the franchise, which is, of course, our little segment we do where we pitch our own continuations of the franchise. There are, of course, a few continuations that already exist, mm-hmm. uh, including the previously mentioned Back to the Future animated series, which sucks. Don't yeah. watch it. Well, it's another not thing, very like good. we talked about how, you know, you always forget that, like, Chicken isn't in the first film and, like, all these other reoccurring elements. You forget that Doc's classic catchphrase oucha magoucha doesn't actually appear in the films it's an animated series uh exclusive yeah and um, there's also a musical theater production and which i might go to um, it's on um the west end when i'm in london so nice might check you it should out. doc brown uh, the and- role of doc brown was originated by roger bart who uh was hercules singing voice and uh he played um he sings go he the plays- distance he plays Doc Brown. Yeah, he also originated the role of Hades in the uh, Hercules musical. Or he played wow. it at some point. That's what a insular uh, career. <laughs> um, so the the other big thing is uh, with the 35th anniversary release, a short film was made was in 2015. Uh, sorry, called uh, Doc Brown Saves the World, um, which from I've I think it's like five minutes long, mm. and it's basically just explaining why 2015 doesn't look like how it does in the future, oh, yeah. and it's something about Doc uh, prevents the invention of the of the hoverboard because that leads to a nuclear holocaust in 2045, and so hoverboard hover technology which rules the world in Hmm. 2015 basically is pushed back because that was a big thing that like at the time they were like yeah we managed to get hoverboards and Mm. the people like whoa and then it was like oh we were just pranking you (laughs) but yeah the there was a lot of stuff around 2015 i remember 
the Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd appeared on Jimmy Kimmel mm. in character, and mm. it was the most depressing thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it's. I'm. I'm shocked. Both of them are still alive to this day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, Christopher Lloyd is. I mean, because as far as I'm concerned, he was a, a decrepit old man in 1985. Uh, mm. My my perception of people's ages has changed a little bit since then, uh, mm. or since I was a kid. But then, um. Yeah, and obviously Michael J. Fox with his health issues. And it's like, when I mean, you and I saw Christopher Lloyd in, what would it be, 2017, 2018. Mm. And... He dabbed. He dabbed. And it was it was just sad. Like, And also people weren't being very well, the kind da- the him. dabbing wasn't the sad part. That <laughs> yeah, was the, the dabbing was the best part. But yeah, like people were like, oh, in this one episode of Taxi, how many takes did this thing take? And he's like, I'm sorry, I don't remember that. Like, no, no, it was the bit where you did this. And it's like... Just be like, what was it like filming Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And let yeah, him tell yeah. the story he's rehearsed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's an old man, though he is still acting in things. He was in an episode of The Mandalorian. He's, well, he was cast in the, something recently. There's actually. that uh, Looney Tunes um, show yeah. that, like... It, it That's never may come out. <laughs> never come out. Yeah, what yeah, was he yeah, cast yeah. in recently? Um, and he was in, he's in Mr. Nobody or Nobody or whatever it's called. Like, yeah, yeah good for him but there's there's a couple of there's the comics as well which i've read half of yes there's, yep. um the, the game, video game which yep. i, I it's, it's not on the playstation store anymore i know you have a copy of it i was wondering if i've played a bit of it and <laughs> it has a really good impetus like the, the 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 plot i thought was real fun because it's it's not a bad way to continue the story forward mm. and i quite liked initially that it starts with basically recreating the first time machine experiment and right. then some oh, Einstein doesn't come back after a minute, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a multiple choice like point and click game. It's a telltale, yeah. Yeah, and and so you're clicking the lines that you remember from the movie, and when Einstein doesn't come back, one of the options is this isn't how it happened. Oof. And I always thought that was really cool. Oof. And then you once you say that it's it's like a dream, and he wakes up in um, 1986. So it takes place in 1986, oh. which is feels like whoa, we've moved beyond the veil. Multiples you know? of thirty, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the uh the the downs. I never finished it because it does just end up becoming like, what if you could play this part from the movie? Right. You know, it, it has some original Which parts. Which is the I plot think... of um, Ready Player One, or it's a part of the plot of Ready yeah, Player yeah. One. Yeah, yeah. I think the, and the Ghostbusters PS3 game is the same thing as well. It's like yeah. part sequel, part yeah, replay, yeah. famous parts from the movie. Um, And I think, uh, I think uh, it becomes about stopping Doc Brown from becoming evil, basically. I oh. think that's ultimately what the plot yeah. is i never played the last chapter it got too boring um Damn. but it's got some cool ideas in it but yeah it's not uh, available a, anymore so if you've got a copy well, i want to unless you want to let me borrow it because i i, I want to play it okay but then as soon as it starts to first i've plot, heard you've wanted to play it first as soon as like it tells me some plot i'll be like fuck off <laughs> i downloaded <laughs> the monkey out the new monkey island game and i was like oh, don't, don't <laughs> Um, so famously as well, like the you know everyone involved is pretty anti ever making more. Um, uh, Gail Bob Gale, the writer, has said there will never be a fourth film. Um, says it would be like selling your kids into uh, prostitution or sex work. I apologise for the antiquated language on on Gale's part there. Um, and of course, Michael J. Fox having uh, Parkinson's disease would be quite a specific. Uh, character trait to sort of mm. become you know part of marty mcfly as a character yeah he's um uh 
retired from acting now as well, except for a he had a little cameo in See You Yesterday, which was fun seeing him in. But the film, oh, nice. not that great. Damn. But it's so, a time trip. <laughs> my continue the franchise, Richard, it's pretty simple. I think I understand the the sacred the sacred place that this series has, but like everyone I think is getting to the point where they're just like, I kind of want to see what this would look like in if it was, you know, today hmm. instead of 1985. And I don't know, I think that's a worthy experiment that's, to explore. Yeah. Like take it seriously, take it don't don't do any cheap shots. Maybe don't even call it back to the future. I don't know. Like a completely new cast and and even a different story, but like keep the same basic ideas in there. And I don't know. I just think we're we're potentially ready to see that. Like you could you could do something real fun with it and I think people have been so like resistant to embrace that idea but I, I don't know I think I think we will see a back to the future spiritual successor in our lifetimes yeah I, I, I think like uh, similar to the way because my 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 continue franchise is let's just fucking remake it like I right. think this is my my continue franchise last time as well, but it's like there should be a every ten years there should be a Back to the Future. Sure, yeah. And yeah. it's like it, it's it's a movie designed to be, um, fucking anachronistic. That it's like yeah, and, and that, that you should have every year, every ten years have like such specific to that time period and the time period of thirty years ago. That it's mm. like I, I get it's a sacred cow, but. I'm I'm a big sort of supporter of like remaking something or doing a bad sequel does not ruin the original film. Like you still have it. I, mean, I get it can ruin the legacy, yada yada. But it's like no one's taking away the first film except for like George Lucas did with Star Wars and stuff. So it does happen. <laughs> but mm. the um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, there's Tom Holland. Like there was apparently he was approached about appearing in, in some kind of remake or reboot, and. I think he, you know, we've talked about this before, but it's like, yeah, he based his entire personality on Michael J. Fox and mm. Marty McFly, really. And yeah, it's like, yeah, he probably would be a pretty fucking great. I mean, maybe he's getting a bit old for it now, but be a pretty great mm. Marty McFly. But yeah, it's it's the perfect franchise to be modernized mm. and couldn't and agree more. I- a small update uh, from uh, the last time we covered it, because in 2018, a poll by The Hollywood Reporter said that 71% of, of, percent of the people they interviewed uh, wanted a Back to the Future sequel ahead of Toy mm. Story or Indiana Jones. Two sequels, two, two franchises yeah. which have had sequels since then. Yeah, I'm, I, um, I was yeah. That as, as well, like, um, I, I, yeah, I was going to, I was going to, I was curious to have a conversation about this because, like, how many of the, like, 80s sacred cows like these films that cannot be remade are, are there actually left that don't have any like i mean back to the future has sequels um but they were made but, like, at, at the time how many like standalone perfect 80s films are there that have never been retouched it's just this and ferris bueller dude Everything well i mean ferris, been... ferris bueller has a distant sequel coming up that's true back to yeah, the future yeah. had two se- but like yeah a single f- i mean breakfast club yeah but breakfast club isn't very franchisable yeah. i don't know what you would what you would do with that but yeah no totally it's a good question yeah um well are you not gonna i i was hoping you would bring up your original continued franchise for this film i was hoping you would forget it and that you wouldn't bring it up wow 
Why is that? Because I felt very silly when I pitched it all those years ago. I still think it's a good idea. I just didn't pitch it very well. <laughs> it was to do a, a TV series in the same sort of vein as um, Fargo is to the TV series to the movie. And yeah, like keep the DNA but change all the characters. But yeah, I don't know. And start off with a, a teacher marking something and go, "Great, Scott." I think I still think that's a good idea. The problem wasn't that was a bad idea. The problem was that was all I came to the table with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the um, we in in the third film where Marty says, "Great, Scott," and Doc says, "I know this is heavy." When I saw that as a kid, holy. F- fuck that was the funniest thing i think it's when my testicles drop wow <laughs> you telling me what he said <laughs> cool well i mean do we re-rank the franchise where is it now all right so if you go over to letterbox the cop option letterbox we've got fff ranking back to the future is currently ranked seventh behind the three colors trilogy and in front of the mission impossible series and I will say this before we discuss re-ranking it at all. I will say, I think Back to the Future is the best franchise where the first film is still the best Clearly one. the best, yeah. I think it's the only one I'm willing to like. be like, it's still a really good franchise mm. despite it starting stronger than it ends. Yeah. Um, but I think we should drop it. I think, I think in... I think we should raise it. Oh, oh okay. Well, let's 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 call it even. We'll leave it where it is. Okay. All right, moving on. <laughs> I don't know. I see it in front of Mission Impossible and Scream. I feel like Scream. Ah, uh, no, nah, you're right. We'll leave it. <laughs> okay. That brings us to the end of the show. The last thing we've got to do now is a little thing called Franchise Roulette, where we pick our next franchise we're going to watch over the next fortnight, and we do so by drawing a random number, and that correlates to a list. Richard, I reckon it's going to be the Hercules movie, Disney's Hercules, and then the straight-to-TV prequel or midquel, because often the next franchise is one already mentioned, like sort of suspiciously mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, as fate would have it, the fates would have it even, and Hercules got brought up two different times this episode. So that's what I'm thinking. Um, Before, uh, Do you want to give us the number and then I'll tell people what they can do to support the show? so if you uh liked this episode if you liked this podcast then please consider support it please consider supporting it and you can do that at all the different places we are of course on twitter and instagram at cult popsha um where you can go and follow us we're on all the other social medias but who fucking cares about facebook anymore uh, we're on letterboxd as we mentioned as well at cult popsha uh you can also um join our discord which there's a link to in the show notes i'd highly recommend joining the discord because that is the beating soul of cult popsha that's where you go to uh uh chat to us to tell us why we're wrong to tell us why back to the future 2 is actually still the best film in the franchise um and if you like us enough you can actually go on over to patreon.com slash where you can donate any number of money any number of dollars for various perks and prizes uh we've got things like so so for one dollar every second franchise you guys 
every second franchise you guys get to choose well you guys get to suggest and vote on what that will be um for five dollars you get an extra podcast a month called film franchise follow-ups where we revisit an old franchise and look at something else that's not a film or maybe is a new film in that franchise and you also get early access to uh the weekly podcasts every month um if you join up to our ten dollar cult uh elders no cult leaders tier you get another podcast a month called generic movie podcast sorry generic underscore movie underscore podcast.exe where we watch a sequel-less film that you guys have suggested and voted on and then of course we also have a 15 dollar tier called cult elders where if you join that you get to join a little secret discord um server which in which you can tell us your thoughts and send us in voice messages and once a month we do a meeting of the elders episode um where we uh hear your lovely voices and read your lovely thoughts about the franchise all right richard what is franchise number six all right it's would you believe Mm. it is a trilogy of films oh it's not hercules starring the same actor starring the same actor as the franchise we've just covered as in Michael J. Fox? As in Michael J. Fox. Richard, are we watching the Teen Wolf trilogy? No, we're not. Oh, I, I thought we were going to be watching Teen Wolf, then Teen Wolf 2 starring Jason Bateman, and then the movie they made of the Teen Wolf TV show called Teen Wolf the Movie. Yeah. I thought that was what... What is Michael J. Fox in? Atlantis? No, this is... I'm. I, this is a good franchise to do. I think you're going to be very happy with this. I don't even remember any other movies he's been in that have sequels. Yeah, he's in. Give, give I, me, give me. What what time are we? What era are we talking? Uh, first one came out the same decade as uh, Back to the Future Three. I don't know. What? Just tell me. What is it? Uh, Michael J. Fox. I'll give you this. He he stars in the film. He's the titular character, uh, but he doesn't appear on screen. Oh my God, Richard! <laughs> are we watching the Stuart Little trilogy? We are. Including the so seldom seen Stuart Little three call of the wild. <laughs> oh, that that sucks. <laughs> these, <laughs> these films are gonna suck, but it's it's high time we covered them. I think Stuart Little. I'm excited great... for this. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, totally, totally. That's great. Mm, wow, that's crazy. Like, I was like, oh, we'll get Hercules because we've already, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we've already brought up Hercules. But it's like, no, no, it'll be a lot more blatant than that. <laughs> All right, yeah. everyone, stay tuned for the post-credit scene. Another Patreon reward I actually forgot to, to bring up. Uh, we're just coming at you after this music ends, um, and we'll see you in the future. Or the past. No, no, so yeah, we'll be the future, actually. Welcome along to the post-credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash Popsha, you get to give us something to talk about in the, this, the post-credit scene. Richard, who's it from and what is it? Well, today's post-credit scene, let me, t- I know you've just asked me, but uh, let me, let me tell you, I'm just, <sighs> today's one comes to us for, oh, fuck's sake, this, this thought, uh, comes from Greg Buckold who says, got a post-credit scene question. You talked a bit in the Academy Awards pod about some movies winning awards because they're showing the way forward for films to come. Can you think of any movies that failed on their own merits but are still vital to film history for the things they inspired? Back to the I mean, too. I guess... <laughs> I guess things like um, like Batman and Robin, like, sort of, that's responsible for probably the deluge of 
superhero movies mm. we have now like it was so bad that it forced everyone to take superhero movies as a genre more seriously mm. and now they dominate the yeah world. well yeah i mean you know like um yeah that was a direct response batman begins mm. as a direct response and now it's like everyone wants dark and gritty you know mm. i mean mm. batman begins on the dark night yeah changed mm. But, um, also, I mean, like Austin Powers has been credited with the reason that James Bond is more serious now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but in terms of the things they inspired, I mean, because we're talking about the opposite of that, that it's like, you know, we're, is there any, I'm, 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 there must be films that have like a massive leap forward in technology, but we're actually terrible themselves. What about um, recreating a young Professor X and X-Men 3 is now like, the de-aging technology yeah. is massive in Hollywood now. That's another reason actually why I thought um, Back to the Future needs to get remade is because mm. de-aging is, is what would happen these days. Well, yeah, I was, yeah, actually I did think about that, that it's like you would, you would, but you would for Doc and stuff and, and, and like Lorraine and um, think you would still cast, I guess is de-aging more of a thing than making people look older. I feel like it's just makeup has gotten better, so you would still True. you would still cast younger actors rather than de-age older mm. ones. Be the cheaper way to do it. Mm. Yeah, 